The Dave Nemo Radio Show and Pod Wheels powered by Radio Nemo are in Columbus, Ohio for the 2023 National Truck Driving and National Step Van Championships, hosted by the American Trucking Associations. This is a special podcast series highlighting the people and happenings of NTDC 2023. From Columbus, here's Jimmy Mack. You hear that cheering back there? That, of course, is the grandstands for NTDC 2023. A lot of people have talked about this person, Eugene, Rick, Tony Sparrow. They've talked a lot about Ina Daly, and it's just good to see you. Put a face to it all. Good morning to you. How you doing? I'm doing great. Wish I'd done a little better on the course yesterday, but it's been fun to be here. It's interesting. A lot of people talking about that course, by the way. Somebody said it's like if we were making a golf analogy, like Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas got together and said, let's see how hard we can make this golf course. I got a chance to ride it, and I was given a choice of driving it only forward. They wouldn't let me back up. I don't know why they wouldn't let me do that. Or riding it actually with Wayne. We did it with him so I could see the whole experience. That was a tough course, man. They didn't give us a lot of room to maneuver for the backing problems, so they probably didn't want you to tear up the barricades before we all got a chance to do it ourselves. Yeah, I know. So it was an interesting kind of situation. By the way, in case you guys don't know, this is the first woman to win a class title. And by the way, just straight out champion, National Truck Driving Championship. Can you talk about that original experience? But before we get to that, I want you to kind of talk about how you got involved in trucking and then springboard me into your first experience with the championships. How'd you get in trucking? Oh, my dad was a driver, and I had planned on being a school teacher. And somewhere along the line, he talked me into trying driving for a summer when I was in college. Just let do a permanent job offer, and nine months later, a Conway job offer, which is now XBO. 39 years later, I'm here. What did you want to teach? Agriculture. I was love farming, so I was going to be an ag teacher. So basically, what kind of experience did you have on a farm before you did this? Were you working on a farm? Did you grow up on a farm? We had a farm. My dad was a driver, but we also had a small farm, and we did custom farming for neighbors. I had four older brothers. This was dad's way of keeping us out of trouble. So when it came to tractor driving, that was my specialty. I was better than my brothers, so... I remember Dad bringing people out to the field to watch me disc the field up or whatever. I'd be, Dad, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> but can you look back on that now and realize the unbelievable pride he had in that? If you're going to show your friends and your neighbors and your relatives, look at what Ina can do, you kind of look back on that and go, oh, my God, he was going for Cocoa Puffs about my driving skills, right? Right. I think that might have been why he encouraged me to try trucking. Dave Nemo and I have this conversation all the time. We think that there's a whole generation of truck drivers that come from one of three places. They come from Tony's neck of the woods, where they were raised by Teamsters. They come from military families, where they did a couple of years in the military and picked it up there. Or they come from a farm, the genuine farm system. You kind of spring out of that. You spring out of that farm world. So you loved agriculture, but why did you fall in love with trucking? That happened as a young child. You really were caught between like wanting to be a school teacher and thinking that maybe you want to go into trucking. Well, back then, I didn't really think that women should be driving trucks or that women did drive trucks. Right. And my dad told me, of course, you can drive a truck. You can do anything you want. Just give it a try. I'm falling in love with your dad. Yeah, he was very supportive of me as a woman. We're not talking about yesterday. We're talking about to tell somebody at that time period when you first got driving. How long have you been with XPO? 39 years. I mean, if you think about that, let's just do 40 years. I mean, we do 40 years. We're back in, what, 82, 83. I mean, we're back there, and you were doing it before then. Just telling somebody in the 70s, you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. His mother, my grandma, 
she was quite a pioneer type woman. So I think he grew up with it, so he knew that women could do anything they wanted to do. This event, by the way, is a great kind of message on that as well, too, because we don't just see a lot of young boys here with their dads and their moms. We don't just see a lot of grandsons. We see a lot of granddaughters. We see a lot of daughters, and we see a lot of spouses here. In the time that you've spent, inclusivity has become a bigger part of this industry, right? It's not a matter of including people who don't want to be a part of it or who want to have it easier, but in regards to people who want to be a part of it, anybody who really wants it can get into this, right? Yeah, and I think what you talked about coming out of the military or farm backgrounds, we need to really get away from that as an industry. We need to, to let women, especially women, know that no matter what walk of life they come from, trucking's here waiting and welcoming. Well, and here's the thing, too. I think that you're right about that because I think for a good 50, 60, 100 years, trucking has benefited from free training. When you have farm families, which, by the way, there are less of them today than there were yesterday. When you have military families, once again, the same thing. And Teamster families provided this industry with free training starting at 12, 13, sometimes 7 years old, tractor trailers, right? We're going to have to find some new people. We're going to have to find some new people. And there's a lot of women out there who could really bring a lot to the industry, make it better for the men who are already in it. Talk to me about how you got involved with this championship driving, though. How'd that happen? Back then it was Conway. First joined the ATA. They came to me, the safety manager said, you're going to get in the truck rodeo. That was called a truck rodeo back then. And I said, what's that? He said, oh, I don't know. We just joined. We're going to try this out. So I tried it, and I was the rookie of the year. That was 1988. So it hooked me. I think it was just kind of a dare, get in this and see. I didn't care. Like a lot of men, I don't care if I come in last. Of course, I want to be first, but it's okay if I'm not. There's a kind of abandon that goes with that, right? The idea that when you make the decision that you're just going to go out there and try to play the best you can, as opposed to play for points, it does allow you to have a better time, and having a better time, you drive looser, and you're able to do better on the score, right? I was talking with one of my friends yesterday about that. We're kind of the nervous type, but some of the best champions you see, they're just cool, calm, and collected. They go out there like it's a Sunday drive, and they win. Jeff and I, we're a little the nervous type. Foot's not shaking on the pedals. We're not going to do well. So it just depends on your personality. We, I heard something really great, by the way. And this is something a friend of mine told me. So that nervous feeling, the one, the leg shake, mm-hmm. I call it the leg shake. And people who give public speeches, I call it the long walk back to the wall, where they're looking for the wall to brace themselves. Somebody once told me that those nerves actually are a giant reserve of energy and focus that is simply jammed up someplace. And once you get started, it releases. It's like having way too much energy in one spot and having to kind of fuel inject for the rest of it. Do you find that once you get started, that you get charged up and the shakes go away? Yeah, I think so. Once you get rolling, Mm -hmm. then you just focus on the task at hand, one problem to the next, weed out all the noise in the background. It's just you and the truck and the duck. By the way, speaking of noise in the background, y'all can hear the noise in the background here at Columbus as the crowd and the grandstand is cheering. Uh, Ina Daly is joining us this morning. I asked this of Tony as well. You don't win this just by driving. You win this in the written part of the test. You win this in the pre-trip as well, the diagnostic. How do you create that balance for yourself? How do you make sure that you do good in the written section? And how do you make sure that you actually have a keen eye when you walk that truck? Well, the pre-trip is my weakest area, I would say. I have a good routine in my daily job. Here, they really hide things well, so it's a bit of a challenge, but I have to say that the most from the pre-trip learned about things that are required for regulations, and I share that knowledge. And then on the written exam, I probably put more time into that. That book is a little bit dull. 
I have heard that it's not a Michael Crichton novel, that it's not a Tom Clancy book, that it actually... No, but it covers first aid and things, and firefighting, and I've actually found myself needing to use some of that stuff I've learned from the book. So the driving is the highest points, 300 possible, the written is 80 points, and the pre-trip is 100. I always advocated they need to bring the written exam points up because that's actually more time consuming. Well, yeah, and the other thing about the written thing is, well, we've made the joke over and over in the show. You don't need to know the rule chapter and verse, but you better know darn well on what page the rule is so when you have to look it up, you can actually find it. Those written rules, as you said, are really important, though, and they actually, of all the things, benefit you the most when you go back out on the road because you're always practicing driving, right? Right. I mean, you can't avoid practicing driving because you do it for a living. And you can't avoid practicing your pre-trip. You do it for a living. But the written part of the test seems to me something that a lot of people would benefit from. The idea of that constant review. When do you start reviewing before you actually get here? Well, the book doesn't come out until March. Arizona TV season April. So sometimes I'll have to dig out the last year's book and start with that. Do the first aid and things that don't really change year over year. Then two weeks we have from when we get the book to the competition. It's a mad cram. What do you do for fun along with this? I mean, because here's the thing is you've had 40 plus years in this industry. Okay. You love it. Obviously do. You love doing this as well. But what do you do when you have some downtime? Well... I have grandkids. How many? Two. What are their names? Evan and Marley. How old are they? Thirteen and eight. They're good ages. Yeah. Thirteen's a little challenging. Well, I was just going to say, what is it? My dad says, what is it? Seven to eleven are the adults of the childhood world where we really just think they're just terrific for the most part. And he said, then things get really interesting around thirteen, don't they? Right. I liked them when they were little and I could spoil them and then send them home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what, do they stick around now? People stick around and hang out with you? No, you spend time with them. What else do you do? Well, I have a little small mini farm. keeps me pretty busy, and I like to go camping and travel. And what do you raise on the farm? Oh, I have two horses and two dogs, lots of natural creatures hanging out. Lately, I've had some hawks. They're leaving bird carcasses and things, and my son-in-law called me and said there was a half a rabbit in the planter. Are you happy about the hawks or unhappy about them? Well, when they get a snake or a gopher, I'm very happy about it. But when they eat the rabbit... No, that's not a good thing. No, and then they screech. It's really creepy. I worked as an investigator. Back in the 90s, there was a thing where we were in New Orleans and these people had chickens in their backyards. And they were convinced it was voodoo practitioners stealing their chickens. It turned out it was a couple of hawks were actually chewing their way through the wire and then making their way in and getting hold of the chickens. But yeah, they make that terrible sound, don't they? Where I come from, you hear stories about chubacabra and things like that. (laughs) It might just be these hawks. I hope so. I really hope so. What are you looking forward to in terms of fun while you're here? Oh, the camaraderie, just hanging with everybody. We've already had a lot of fun. We walked down all around downtown Columbus. It's really nice down here. I was very pleased. That, like I said, it feels like they've rolled out the red carpet. We came to Indianapolis last year, right, when they had the Poison. Remember the Poison Joan Jett concert they had and all oh, that yeah. stuff? Well, this year they had Dixie Chicks. Well, the Chicks, sorry. The oh. Chicks were here on Thursday, and so we were in the lobby, and there are all these women wearing all these shirts that said, Cowboy, take me away. And I went, oh, my God, the Chicks must be in town because all these people <laughs> wandering around. It's been a really good time. Best of luck, by the way. How do you like your chances? I think they're slim. Very slim. 
Although I heard a lot of people say the same thing you said, so I don't know. Keep hope alive because there are a lot of people out there who have made the same comment to me. So might be surprised. I'm okay. Love to see Tony Sparrow get it this year. He says this is his last year. He's such a good guy. He's, he's a good guy. Retiring soon and crossing my fingers for him. And of course, Roland and Jason M. Hoff has done really well in tanks. So. And it's good to see you. You too. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for spending part of your day with Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo's coverage of NTDC 2023. Check back with us on podwheels.com for more of our podcast features as we work to take you inside the championship event. You can also keep up with all the episodes of this special event series by subscribing to this podcast. Just search National Truck Driving Championships and hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.